Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Super excited for my guest today, Zach Kokoska, drafted by the Colorado Rockies in the 10th round back in 2021. Um, Zach, how's it going, man? It's going good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, dude, I'm excited. And I'll, I'll say this to kind of start off, man. Um, I, I saw you on TikTok uh, making a bunch of baseball content. Um, and I always enjoy seeing um, different baseball players kind of build their brand and, um, bi- you know, create content and stuff like that. Uh, so I kind of wanted to talk about that real quick. Like, what got you inspired to to do that, the content creating, um, and like building your whole brand and all that kind of stuff? Um, yeah, I honestly, I was just kind of bored a little bit this off season. You know, I was training and everything and like that. And I thought, you know, some other people were doing some stuff on TikTok. Maybe I'll give it a try. And uh, I started posting some videos and they got pretty good feedback. And eventually I was like, oh, wow, like people actually like this stuff and I can you know, meet new people and reach out to yeah. new people with this stuff. So I just kept with it. And um, eventually one of my videos actually went somewhat viral. It's close okay. to like 100,000 views now. Which which video was that? Um, it was it was such a short little like unedited little video where it's just me and my buddies were just hanging in the locker room at spring training like two weeks ago, just bored with a rain delay. And I was like looking around and seeing everybody just laying on the ground. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I saw everyone just laying on the ground and I was like, this is kind of funny. Uh, people should see this. So I just showed them how to make a minor league bed, uh, get some slides together, put it on the ground, just lay down and have a nice little nap while you're waiting. Yeah. It was kind of cool. Oh, okay. I, I did see that. That's with your sandals and you like how to make a bed in the minor leagues or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and we're yeah. all just laying on the ground together. It's kind of funny. What do what do your teammates feel? Because I've talked to guys who who are in content creating like and still playing baseball. Um, like, what do your teammates feel like when you like post that kind of stuff? Like, are they are they down to be in a video or like what is their normal thoughts, especially with video like that? That you know that went viral, so to speak. Uh, they think it's they think it's like kind of funny. You know, they're they're definitely not afraid to be in the video or anything like that. They they kind of think it's funny to be in the video. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, they're very willing and, you know, they're they're down to just shoot whatever. So I guess they like it for the most part. Yeah. Um, what what questions do you get asked the most on, on social media? It could be any type of social media because I'm sure once you start posting stuff or even just being a player, fans are going to be reaching out to you. Um, I've had guys tell me like um, I bet uh, players have told me that, you know, guys have messaged them like um, I bet my, my last twenty dollars on you and now I can't eat dinner or um one guy said a grandma sent him a dm like hey you kind of suck today but i think you have a bright future and he's like that's not what i wanted to see after a bad start but uh have you had any like funny dms either like positive or even like kind of humorous some funny ones are you know i get a lot of like little little kids reach out to me yeah and they'll be like 
hey can you shoot me a follow can you can you like my video can you comment on my video and sometimes i respond sometimes i don't but they'll like send me the same video that they sent me two days prior again till eventually like i just respond I'm like sure man yeah i'll give you your like here um most of my questions though where people were want to learn stuff is yep. more i either get asked questions about hitting because that's kind of my expertise or i get asked questions about what it's like to be a minor league baseball player yeah what what is your advice for like a younger person who wants to better themselves at hitting if you can kind of summarize it in like a short couple sentences or i would say for a young hitter you need to learn how to develop a mature approach to the game and being in the box at a young age and the faster you do it at a young age i think the better you'll be and the the quicker you'll progress um just learning, you know, what situations call for, um, learn to hit to all parts of the field, uh, learning how to hit different types of pitches like breaking balls and getting yourself to the best exposure you can. And I think if you learn that at a young age, it makes you much more sought after by college coaches and pro scouts. Yeah. So let's kind of talk about that then. I mean, obviously in high school, I was I was looking at some of your stats that you set and when you were in high school and, and stuff like that, um, I think you set your school record for average on-base percentage, triples, uh, homers, hits, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then the funny thing that I saw, not funny, but like I'm like, that's pretty impressive, 100 consecutive at-bats without a strikeout. Did you know that stat? Yeah, yeah, that was, that was funny because um, that was my senior year, like you said, and um, – yeah, I didn't strike out one time the entire season up until the very last at-bat of the season. Uh, we were in the state championship, and we were up by a ton, and it looked like the, the weather was getting pretty bad towards like the end of the game. Yeah. So we were starting to get talks that they might call the game. Yeah. So I was like thinking to myself, okay, it's the state championship. It's going to be my last day of the season. I'm going to just try to hit the farthest home run I can. And I wasn't thinking that I would strike out or anything, yeah. but uh, I took three really hard hacks, and on my last hack, I just missed the ball and struck out. And that I remember because we were playing at Penn State, uh, okay. their college, for like the championship, and the whole stadium on the other team's side just erupted because everybody knew like I didn't strike out one time. But honestly, I really didn't care because I was just yeah. like. This isn't how I would normally hit if I wanted to keep that going. Yeah. Wow. That's impressive, though. Even still, like not to the very final game of the season where you hit your first strikeout. Um, I would be bragging to every person I saw, like, like, I don't strike out. That's just not my thing. But, hey, you're probably probably a more humble guy than I would have been if I was <laughs> in your shoes. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh yeah, I, I don't really like to brag too much about yeah, myself yeah. or anything like that. But um, looking back on it now, I guess it was. No, for sure. What what at what point did you um, did uh, you commit to uh, to school? So I committed to Virginia Tech uh, the fall of my junior year in college. Yeah, and when I or a month before I got on campus, my freshman year. Uh, the coaching staff there all got fired. So oh, they brought in a new coaching staff. And 
I wasn't really going to play for them. I didn't really play too much my freshman year, so I thought I'd uh, transfer out. And luckily, Kansas State had an offer for me, and I, I loved the three years that I was there. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because I saw you transfer, so that kind of answers that question. Um, what other schools or universities or JUCOs were you interested in uh, before you ended up going to where you went? Um, are you talking about after Virginia Tech? No, before as a high schooler, because I mean, you don't strike out. There has to be there has to be like teams just knocking on the door, like hey, like colleges and universities, like we need you. Yeah, um, surprisingly, I wasn't a, a big time recruit out of high school. I had a few offers. My next biggest offer was probably like Liberty or Virginia Commonwealth. Okay. That was about it. Um, I didn't really start getting like big time hype until I won the Gatorade award during my uh, senior season. And that's when, uh, when I found out that the coaching staff got fired, it opened up a loophole for me to talk different schools. So I think I had the option thinking back now, I had the option to go to North Carolina or Alabama. Um, But I, turned it down just because I was, you know, in love with Virginia Tech and I don't want to leave the school that I committed to. But um, it all worked out in the end. So I guess that was the right path to take. Yeah. How was it transferring schools and like um, going to a whole different like coaching staff and a whole group of new people that you had to play with and kind of like acclimate yourself to the whole different like coaching system and all that? Um, At first, I was really grateful because I was able to transfer oh, i've always been really grateful for it but i was grateful because i got to transfer d1 to d1 right away yeah. without sitting out uh because i got a waiver pass luckily um it was stressful at first because you know i didn't play at all my freshman year and i wanted to come in and make an impact was that because of injuries like why didn't you sorry not to interrupt but like why didn't you play your freshman year um honestly the reality is uh the new coaching staff came in and they were just like you're not our recruit. You weren't their guy. We're not really going to care about you or play, play you. Right. That was kind of how it is. They cared about me. I mean, they were all right. 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 Me, right. But, um, yeah, there just wasn't an opportunity for me to play there. Yeah. So I, I, I was like, yeah, I have to get out of here for sure. I almost went to a Juco in uh, Florida called Palm Beach state. Florida has some insane Jugos. Like the Jugos in Florida, like they're no joke. They got tons of talent. Just any any baseball program down there, they're really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So getting out to Kansas State, I was getting out there. I wanted to earn a spot. You know, I yeah. wanted to play, obviously, because I was like, if I want to take a shot at pro ball, which is what I wanted to do, I need to be able to play because not not playing my freshman year is going to hurt me. Right. But. Uh, I went out there and I performed and I, you know, I was all in on baseball and didn't let any outside distractions uh, hinder my performance and uh, it all worked out for me in the end. For sure. What was your favorite team to play against? Maybe uh, their fans were a little chirpy and you just like, oh man, I can't wait to go three for four and just a couple nukes. I always liked playing against University of Texas just because the fans were kind of like that, but it also was nice because I always played good against them um i always seem to you know have a couple home runs and just hit really well against them did you throw the horns so, down at all <laughs> no <laughs> nah, my, my, my coach would have got pissed at me for that for sure but um 
Yeah, I was also playing. We played at University of Texas twice, and that's just an awesome place to play at. Yeah, I'm sure the environment there is absolutely electric. Like they have a, such a great program and all that. Yeah, and that cannon they shoot off too is just so loud; it like vibrates the air. It just really wakes you up mid game. Yeah. Um. What What was uh What was your favorite college memory? Um. Probably at K State because that's probably where you, you played and stuff. But like, what was your What was your favorite college memory as a baseball player? Definitely had to be uh, – so our my senior year, it was our senior day on Sunday, and we were playing um, TCU. We were down by four going into the bottom of the ninth, and our first guy batting uh, got out. So we started off the inning with one out, and we just rallied as a team and just went hit, 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 hit until we tied it up. And uh, I got a hit, too, that inning, so I was on first when it happened. But uh, they came out and talked to the TCU's coaching staff, came out and talked to the pitcher and was going to bring him out. And he's been, like, lights out the whole year. And uh, he said, no, he wanted to stay in. And then first pitch, uh, Chris Ceballos hit a walk-off home run on senior day. And we all dogpiled and everything. It was awesome. Yeah. How were the college game days? um, I'm not too sure how they're – football program is there but i mean i'll say they have a great basketball program but like were you guys able to go to the college uh uh, tailgates and all that stuff or did like your coaches have like extra practices like the night before just so you guys wouldn't go too crazy now coach Hughes is real cool you know he gets it he gets we're gonna have some fun and everything i love the college game day there the tailgate scene's awesome it's right behind the stadium all, all the uh, all the people just line their tailgates up in trucks, and we all just you know listen to music and walk around, and it, it was always a really good time. I'm, I'm going to try to go back there this fall just to kind of experience yeah. it again a little bit. Yeah, that's so cool. So when at what point in your college career? Because you talked about you transferred and you really wanted to go pro, uh, which you are, which obviously mission accomplished. But what at what point in your college career did you start thinking to yourself, um, not if I get drafted, but when I get drafted? Maybe um, you're filling out a little bit extra questionnaires and stuff like that. Like when did you realize that was becoming a reality for you? It kind of, it kind of shocked me, which is kind of weird to say, but. Um, you know, I went to – I transferred to Kansas State, and all I was concerned about was I just want to play. You know, I, yeah. just, I just want to be able to play. And after the fall, I had a good fall, and my coach asked me, you know, where do you want to play summer ball next year? And I said, Cape Cod. And he, at first, he kind of, like, laughed, and he was just like, yeah, we'll see if we can, we can get you in there. Like, <laughs> outfielders come a dime a dozen there. And I was just yeah. like, well, I'll – show you this season that I deserve to go there and it shocked me because you know I didn't really see how much potential I had until I got through the season I finished and I was like wow I'm at the top of the leaderboards yeah like not only my team but for lots of guys in the big 12 and stuff like that too and I was like wow I can actually make a shot at this and I got into Cape Cod too So that helped. So I guess like after Cape Cod and the fact that I got in there and I came back and all these scouts were, you know, having one-on-one interviews with me, that's when I was like, oh, wow, it's actually going to happen. Yeah. Were you expecting the Rockies to draft you? Not at all, actually, because 
I never talked to the Rockies one time in my entire life, not even in like high school or any interviews in like the falls or even during the season. Um, a week, before, a week before the draft, I remember I was uh, drive. I was driving to the beach down in Florida, and I got a call from a random number, and it was the area scout with the Rockies. And he was just like, "Hey, I just want to introduce myself to you. Just want to let you know we really like you and everything." And I was just like, "Oh, cool." And then uh, draft day came, and um, yeah, that was that was it. Oh wow! Did you have a draft party or no? Yeah, I had a draft party after. Not not during. During was way too stressful. Well, what, what, what were you doing? Like, I mean, I thought the guys were like, "Yeah, I just turned it off and went golfing," or like, "I just went out and played catch," or and you went to a pool party or whatever, you know, just to get your mind off the whole draft. Um, but I mean, like, what? How was that day for you? Um, it was really stressful, but then really happy when it happened because. Yeah. Uh, so the agent that I was working with at the time. He, I asked him where he probably saw me falling at in the draft the night before. And he was like, I would guess probably rounds like four to six. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's pretty good. And then draft day came and round four came around and haven't gotten a single phone call yet. And I was like, okay, whatever. Round five came around, no phone call. Round six came around, no phone call. And I was just like, what's going on here? And around seven came along, no phone call. And I te- I was texting my agent. And I was like, what's going on here? You told me we were going to fall here. And he's like, yeah, phone call has just been a little silent. And then round eight comes along and no phone call. And at that point, I'm just like sitting there, like stressing out. Um, in the middle of the ninth round, the uh, my agent calls me and I think he said the White Sox wanted to take me in the ninth, but I was going to have to sign way under slot, which I didn't really want to do. Um, so a couple minutes later, because I was close to thinking about doing it because I was like, I don't know if I'm going to have another option here. I got a phone call that the Rockies want to take me in the 10th. And I was like, yeah, sounds good. luck, man. <laughs> Then when it happened, it was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> but yeah. right now. That's so cool. And then afterwards, you had the party. Afterwards, we had the party, yeah. Awesome. And like I said, I mean, I've talked to guys who like, um, the team that drafted me was a team that I had no idea they were even interested in me because, you know, it, the draft is such a weird a weird process. Like, I mean, like you're a good example of how like the White Sox wanted to sign you, but like under slot to save money for like a different, it's just the way the whole politics and economics of like the draft works is so different than any other draft uh, for other pro sports which is kind of it's kind of weird but it's interesting still yeah the tough situation was with the covid year a lot of guys missed out on the draft with their true junior years like i was a i was a covid junior at the time so i was technically a senior so that one extra year on you takes a lot of like draft stock away from you or they I guess there's more of a risk or something. Yeah. So a lot of guys that year uh, had to take a haircut with like their paychecks and their signing bonuses. And it also made the draft extra hard because there's only five rounds the previous year. Now all those guys who were close, but didn't get drafted are going to be there again, trying to compete to get drafted. But uh, I had the season to be able to get picked up. 
Yeah, in the tenth round, that's nothing to be like. To hang, that's nothing to be ashamed of. That's you know top top ten draft, top ten round. That's pretty sick in in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm proud of myself for it, and now it's just uh, moving up the ladder step by step. Yeah, and you, so you go from the Big Twelve, where they you know travels nice, the facilities are nice, and then you're in Low A, uh, right to the minors, where you're just in the trenches grinding. Uh, with all the all the boys in the minor leagues, how is that? Uh, how is it adapting to like the life in the minor leaguers? Yeah, it's so much different in college. It's it's, yeah. it's a lot different. You know, in college, you're kind of treated like royalty. You stay in mm-hmm. five star apartments, amazing food. Uh, if you're struggling, you usually have a day or two in between to get your mind right and like figure some stuff out. But in pro ball, it's, it's it's way different. You know, you're in it every day. If you're struggling and you're in the lineup, you got to figure it out in game. You don't have time to work on it. You know, outside of that, uh, like the hotels obviously aren't as nice. The food isn't as great. But you know, everybody's got to go through it to get to the top. And everybody who's at the top probably had to go through it for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, oh, for sure. So uh, that's that's where we kind of keep that perspective, where it's like. It's not only happening to us, it's happening to everybody. So yep. it is what it is. You just got to deal with it and get through it. What was your, what's your most fame, uh, your, what is your most like minor league story? Like whether it's you go to the hotel, like the electricity's out or, uh, you find like bugs in your mattresses. Cause these are stories I've heard, um, or the, you know, the bus breaks down in the middle of nowhere. Like what is your like, like funniest minor league story? Oh, that's a great question. There's lots of small little things that I can think of. I'm trying to think of something really ridiculous, though. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind are like you walk in the hotel room and there's, you know, cockroaches walking on the ground, or, you know, you use your sink and the water's not coming out and stuff like that. Uh,. What was your worst spread? Oh, yeah. And I'm sure you got some terrible ones. I saw the guy's frozen chicken, just a single piece of ham. Like, like what is your worst spread as a minor leaguer? It definitely is not the best. I feel like the the Rockies, they, they give their players better stuff than some other organizations. Mm-hmm. But there would be lots of days where, you know, we'd have like a, maybe like a Mediterranean spread. And the steak on top is 100% raw in the middle. And people were trying to, like, bite through it. And they're, like, ripping, oh, like, no. like, they're wolves. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, the meat's gummy and stringy. Or, like, sometimes you just look at it and you're just like, I'm just not going to eat. Yeah. Because I just, I just can't do it. How's, how's it playing in Fresno? Because I grew up in California in the Bay Area. So I've been to Fresno a couple times. It is hot, especially in the summer. Like, how was it playing in like the Cali League? Going to like San Jose, Fresno. Where's your guys' team in in uh, California? Is it Lancaster still, or was there Fresno. A... Fresno? Okay, was there a team in Lancaster that you guys played or no? Uh, yeah, our our old affiliate was in Lancaster. Okay. Fresno. I mean, the park we played in was amazing. It's an old yeah. AAA park. Oh, um, cool. Great fan base, great people there. Really nice stadium. Really hot. Yeah. And like our opening day, it was like 98 degrees outside. 
Yeah, it's not going to be like that this year when you're in uh, in, in in Washington State. It's going to be like you might see frost. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be the opposite. Um, yeah, Fresno. I mean, the stadium and stuff was amazing compared to every other field in that whole league. Like we hands down had the, the nicest, best setup. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was great playing for them. The fans there are awesome. Yeah, speaking of the fans, um, I love talking about minor league fans because some minor league stadiums are in like the smallest of towns and like these, this is like the only thing they got and they're so into it and they're so uh, extra chirpy, especially if it's like um, college nights or something and like after seventh, eighth inning, like you're, you just hear all the chirps. Like what is the funniest chirp you've heard? <laughs> There's, when we were playing at Visalia, uh, which is the Diamondbacks affiliate, there's one guy that showed up to every game and sat right behind the on-deck circle for the away team and just heckled us the whole time. And he was – the guy would uh, – he would remember everything you did, which is kind of impressive. Yeah. Like I'd be in the box and he'd be like, Zach, nice average. You suck, by the way. <laughs> it's like, Or if you like start off the game with like a strikeout, he's like, Hey, don't do what you did your first day, B, striking out looking or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that, there's some pretty good chirps. Lots of times it's really hard to, like, not say something back. Yeah, I would. Oof. That would be so hard to not respond. It's hard because you want to be like, dude, like, this is what you do with your free time. Like, you could be doing, you could be doing a lot better things than going and chirping poor baseball players. At, at a game in the middle of California where it's 100 degrees out. Yeah. You know, but it's part of it, so it is what it is. Yeah. I want to ask you, how do you balance um, development versus um, performance? Because obviously you want to perform uh, to do better, to move up, but at the same time you need to develop um, as a baseball player. How do you, like, find that balance? Uh, that's a really good question because it's, like I said, it's way different between – college and pro ball like college you can you can get that extra work in every day because you know you're only playing 50 games in a year right um in pro ball you really need to pay attention to how your body's feeling and not making sure you overdo anything you got 140 games plus playoffs hopefully and the only thing that matters is how you perform at game time and the numbers you put up so you know, lots of day, and it's a humbling experience because lots of days you have to be like, oh, like I'm a guy who gets uh, like almost like FOMO where if like if I see someone else getting an extra work, I'm going to be like, oh, I don't want to get outworked. Like I want to put in right, right. the work that they're doing. But then as you mature in pro ball, you realize like you got to be able to balance your work life or your workload and your being able to perform. So I usually just structure myself to be like, okay, this is what I need to get in. How many reps do I realistically have to do to get better without making myself overdo it? And then you also plan around, like you can work, you can add a little bit more workload if you're not in the lineup that night or different things like that. But I don't try to hit it too hard if I'm in the lineup that day, because it's, I don't want to be tired for game time. 
Have you ever been the uh, the strikeout batter? I don't know if the high or um, <clears throat> Cali League does that, but sometimes they'll have like a beer uh, batter where like if you strike out, the whole stadium gets like two dollars off a drink or something like that. Have you ever been that the strikeout batter? A hundred percent. Yeah, we uh, and that goes back to probably like some things the fans would say. Yeah. Uh, when you play at San Jose, which is the uh, low A affiliate for the Giants, yeah. Every night there's a beer batter. So if you strike out, uh, everybody gets half-priced beers for the next inning or so. Mm-hmm. And the way it works is they just pick someone at random yeah. during the dur- before the game, and you're the only person on the away team that has a walk-up mm-hmm. song. And the walk-up song is like a really old-timey like uh, beer commercial song where it's like yeah. – Pour up a glass, and then it's like you're walking to play, and they're like, "This is your beer batter of the game." And then every time you get a strike, it plays that song like for like five yeah. seconds to get in your head. Then you get to two strikes, the whole stadium starts going, "Beer, beer, 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 beer." And then if you strike out, everybody just goes starts crazy. cheering. They like play the song as you're walking back to the. Dug out, and I got I got picked for it a couple times, and I don't think I ever I might have because we played there a lot. I might have been pitched probably like three or four times, and I think I only struck out one time. So I screwed them, I guess. Yeah, and like you you hate to see it because like if you strike out, the whole the whole you know stadium's booing you. Um, if you get a hit, I mean, or if you get a hit, the whole stadium's booing you. If you strike out, they're cheering for you, but then you're you know you're not helping your team out. So it's like a I don't know. It's kind of hard spot to be sometimes. Yeah, I had some buddies that was the beer batter, and they struck out like three times in the game. And each time you strike out, it gets louder. Yeah. It gets crazier because the beers are flowing, and they already know that they've gotten one good one from you, and they can be like, oh, wow, we can get another one. So they get really loud, especially on like Fridays and Saturday nights. Yeah, no, man, uh, especially San Jose, because they got San Jose State there, Santa Clara University, like all the college kids probably go down there. Um, <clears throat> it, it's And like I said, I mean, I've actually been to San Jose State, uh, San Jose Giants. I, I grew up like 40 minutes from there, actually. So I, I've been to some of those minor league games. Yeah, it's connected to uh, San Jose, mm-hmm. the, the University of San Jose, yep. right? San Jose State, yeah. yeah it's, it's right across the street. So there's a lot of college kids that go there too who uh what is the what has been like the funniest thing you've been asked to sign or like your funniest interaction with the fan um i've had guys tell me like fans have like walked onto the bus and just started taking pictures of people um like <laughs> just almost random like getting in fights with different players like what's your most or maybe it hasn't happened to you or maybe just like an interaction you saw with like a fan um or like a funny thing they asked you to sign um well, one kid came up to me and he asked if I could sign his forehead and he had a permanent Sharpie. And I was like, are, are you sure? <laughs> and he was oh, like, man. yeah, for sure. This kid is probably like nine years old. And I looked at his parents and they were just like, go ahead. <laughs> and I was just like, all right, buddy. And I just signed it right there. Yeah. And I was like, have fun getting that off. And going to school with that on your head the next day. Yeah. Kids are funny. They're, they're, they're crazy. I've never been asked for like so many like balls to be thrown mm-hmm. to them. Like you're uh 
it's crazy. You'll be like mid game and I'll be getting like a in between pitches in the outfield and a kid's like, Can I have the ball if it gets hit to you? And I'm like, Why well, I would be throwing it out of the out of play if I would do that. I can't do that. Yeah. There's it's funny too, because like some places in California, the kids will just tell you to like F off and stuff like that. And it's just you kind of just laugh because there's these like nine year old kids saying, Yeah, some kids are vicious, dude. Yeah, or there's kids that are like, Can I have your bat? And I'm just like, No, I can't give you my bat. Like, I have to pay for these things. Yeah, I, I get it though, because those kids probably look at us and they probably think like we're rich because we're yeah. pro baseball players, but that's just not the case. Oh, yeah, like I felt the guys who use the same glove the whole season same cleats the whole season like if i give you my glove then like i have nothing like that's all i have it's not like a pro player or or major leaguer where they just they go to the locker room it's just there like it's you know yeah luckily they pay for our housing now so we don't have that's that's true that's true we won't have to have 10 guys in a two-bedroom apartment anymore you kind of lucked out because i think that happened the year you got drafted right or is that the year after yeah so I've heard some horror stories of like, you know, sleeping in the laundry room, sleeping in the bathroom, sleeping in like all these just horror stories of 10 dudes in like a two bedroom apartment. And it's, you know, MLB is finally slowly, but finally starting to figure their themselves out with the minor leagues and all that stuff. Cause man, it's, it is a grind, dude. Who, uh, who in on your team or <clears throat> yeah, on your team in, in San Jose, or not San Jose, Fresno, uh, got like bombarded the most for autographs. Like they need to be like ushered out by security, like maybe top five pick or something. And it's like, like every fan is just on them for autographs. I'd say probably Benny Montgomery because he was our first rounder. And, you know, that's he had like a deal with Tops where he had like his own, he has his own oh, wow. card and stuff. So. Yeah, he was he was the guy where like everybody was like running up to him constantly, just asking for autographs and stuff. It's crazy because you see like you see like grown men run up to him. Oh yeah, and with like a sheet of thirty cards, and they're like, "Can you sign all these?" And we're like, "We know what you're doing. You're just gonna sell these." But yeah. like, I don't know. We're we're nice guys, so we sign them. I guess. No, it's funny you say that because I was in Florida for spring training and visiting a couple buddies there. And uh, I was at the Rays minor league camp and just just hang, hanging out there watching it. And I was kind of meeting some guys later. And there was a group of guys just with like the binders with a like, 30 stacks. Like, each page is dedicated to a player. And like they just have multiple cards. Um, and they're just talking amongst themselves like, oh, you know, like. You, know, you haven't been trying hard enough unless you get someone's name wrong and stuff like that. And I'm like just looking at them like. You guys just do this all day. You're just standing here in the heat in Florida, just hoping some like 18 year old, 19 year old dude just signs like all of your cards. Like, I don't know. It's it's crazy. That was my first experience with like the autograph guys. Like, I've heard stories about it, but now that I've seen it like firsthand, I'm like, those guys are crazy. Yeah, it's a real thing. Um, it, you wouldn't think it'd be a real thing until you actually see it, but it. Yeah. it happen yeah so when you're in the when you're in the game or, or in the dugout and stuff like what are you snacking on are you a seeds guy uh chewing gum like what do you what do you snack on uh my snack of choice last year was uh lots of almonds okay uh we had uh luckily big league chew sent me a nice care package 
uh, with like 10 packs of big league chews. So I went through that. Me and my teammates all went through that really quick. Um, PB and J's. I don't really snack very much. I feel like I need to because I lose weight in season. But, you know, it was hard to snack when you're sitting in 98 degrees every day, you know. And you're probably sweating it all off anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I one of one of the craziest stories though last year was uh I hit a walk off home run and but I was so sick that day. This is that what happened was I was throwing up all night and I texted my manager and I was like there's no way I I'm going to be able to play today and he's like well we still need you to be able to we still need you to come to the field and support your team. I was like, okay, all right. So I get to the field, and it was mid mid June in Fresno, and it was probably like one one ten out, and we had a day game, too. So uh, I was sitting, and I wasn't in the lineup that day, and I was sitting in the dugout just like this for like eight straight innings, and then we were down by like two runs in the bottom of the ninth, and. Uh, I see my manager like signal to me, like giving me the hit sign, like you got a pinch hit right now. And I was just like, are you kidding me? All right. Well, I expect nothing out of me. Like this guy in the mound is throwing 98 and I'm just like, there's runners on first and third with one out. And I was just like, okay, I'm just going to get him in like sack fly here. Nice and easy. I just took a nice, easy swing, and I just connected out front and hit a walk-off home run. You just love to see it. <laughs> and I hit the I hit the plate, and then I, after I was celebrating with my teammates, right to the locker room, to, to the bathroom to throw up. Because <laughs> I was just like, I can't do this right now. That's insane. Well, good for you for having your Michael Jordan flu game in the, you know, the middle of July for Fresno. It's crazy, because like, I asked so many people, about stuff like that and for whatever reason everybody says the same thing where like you play best when you're sick for whatever reason because i think you just don't expect anything from yourself like you don't put pressure on yourself because you're just like i'm probably screwed here you know but sometimes people have their best games when they do that um, any superstitions? Do you have any superstitions that you have as a baseball player? Like you got to have your certain socks the right way, or like you have to eat this before every you know uh, game. Like, do you have any interesting superstitions, or you just don't care about that? In college, I was very superstitious. I would have to eat the same thing for every game. I'd listen to the same song rolling up to the field before every game. If I was home, I'd have to be in the same parking spot every game. Um, and then when I got to pro ball, I was just like, there's so many games. This is, this is just exhausting trying to like do the same thing every time. So uh, after about a month in, I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to make sure I feel physically good, mentally yeah. good, try to get some food in you before the game, no matter what it is, and just get your coffee in you and and just go out and do your best and everything. Yeah. I do always like to drink a, a black coffee before every game. Okay. I was say when you were in high school, when you didn't strike out, like were you keeping the same routine every high school game? In high school, yeah, I was. I would go to uh, Subway 
before every every nice. game, and and eat a eat a foot long by myself. But I would eat like the same thing. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it could be good. Um, in pro ball, though, it's like your your routine has to be very simple because having to do ten different things every day for 140 games is like you're just going to be exhausted till eventually you're going to be focusing on that more than actually playing the game, you know. That's true. So when you struck out in that final game in high school, were you just like, screw this, I'm going to Quiznos now. <laughs> or I'm, I'm going somewhere else, like <laughs> cousin subs. I was like, screw this, we're, we're going home and partying because we just want to <laughs> stay. There you go. That's, yeah. that's what's up. Yeah, it was a state championship, and we got rained out in the sixth inning because um, – the rain was just really bad. Plus, we were winning by like eight runs, so they're like, "Okay, they're not." He's called back. it. Yeah, that was an awesome experience. We all, they put the tarp on the field, and we all, uh, like, untucked our jerseys and ran full speed and slid on the tarp on the field, which is pretty fun. Yeah. Oh, for sure. No, absolutely. That's probably that's probably just a, that's the perfect way to celebrate, it, especially in the rain. Oh man. And Penn State's grounds crew was pissed. <laughs> At us, but we didn't care. Nah, forget that. Y'all just won. You can do what you want. Yeah, we're, and plus we're like, okay, the season's done anyways. So what yeah, are what are they going to do? Yeah. Wow. All right, well, hey, let's end on this. When you're not playing baseball, um, what do you do for fun? Are you a golfer? Are you a gamer? Uh, like, what do you do for fun? I do a lot of different stuff. Um, I like I like being outdoors. I like fishing, hiking, just taking walks in the sun. Um. But when I'm chilling, I I watch a lot of YouTube. Obviously, I scroll through a lot of TikTok because mm-hmm. I'm on there. Yeah. Um, and I get in little like trends of like stuff I like to do. Like right now, I'm into like video game walkthroughs, and uh, I'll watch. Uh, you know what speed runs are? Video games. It's like these guys. It's really entertaining to watch. If you have any video game you like, just look up like the video game name into YouTube and speed run. They just run through with like a fast forwarding it or what? Yeah, they're experts at like knowing glitches in games and knowing how to beat every level as fast as humanly possible. It's crazy because they'll finish a game that's originally meant to be like 10 hours long. They'll finish it in like 45 minutes just because they know glitches and stuff like that, which it blows my mind. So. That's what I'm watching right now, and then I'm sure once the season starts, I'll be on a different trend. Yeah, yeah. conspiracy videos or or whatever, whatever floats my boat at that time. Yeah, and you talk about like TikTok and stuff. Like, what what gives you the inspiration for your videos? Are you just kind of like trend surfing, or like you just because some of them are funny, humorous. Some of them are like you know, uh, tips, like on like hitting and stuff. Um, like, how do you kind of find the the motivation or inspiration for your videos? I like to I like to be able to you know teach kids uh, at a young age how to play the game the right way, how to develop themselves, just so you know the next generation of baseball players are going to be really really good. Because if they learn at a young age, it's going to help them out a lot in the long run. Yeah. I grew up in a I grew up in an area where like the knowledge of the game yeah. is very high. There's not a lot of opportunity for uh, kids to go anywhere in baseball or sports in general. And I was, I just kind of think to myself and I'm like, I wish I knew this at this time 
and I could be like so much better now. So that's why I kind of teach kids to hopefully, you know, I reach that kid who's in the middle of nowhere who wants to be a major league baseball player. And maybe he comes across my video and he learns this and he works on this every day. And then instead of him just going to like a small D2 in college, he could end up being, you know, a major league baseball player one day because he develops the work ethic and the right approach of the game at a young age. That's, that's a big, that's a big factor in it. That's awesome. What, what advice would you give yourself like a younger Zach? Like what advice would you give yourself? If I had to talk to my younger self, I would say work your ass off, keep that, you know, blue collar, like hard nose work ethic, but also don't be too hard on yourself and give yourself some breaks. And yeah, just do you and trust that you have the talent. And if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Awesome. Well, that's that's great advice. And I mean, I'm, I'm glad that you were able to take some time uh, to come on the podcast and chop it up. Um, obviously, I, I followed you on TikTok. I'm, you know, I love the content. I love seeing baseball players uh, grow the game um, in various different ways. And you're doing a great job of that. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited for your your upcoming season. Hopefully, um, high A isn't the end. Hopefully, we finish the season double A and see see where it goes from there. Yep, that's the plan. Let's hope it works out. Absolutely. Well, hey, again, I want to thank you for coming on the pod, man. Uh, hopefully, your season is a, is a great success, and uh, we'll have to do this again sometime. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.